Good morning. Let's begin with prayer this morning. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you um, for once again gathering us as your body, your people, your church. Uh, pray, Lord, this morning that the joy that we speak of um, this morning, the joy that we see uh, throughout the Advent season, throughout the Christmas story, would be a joy that we can relate to and embrace and even feel this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to start this morning by playing a little game. Yes, and I've modified this game a little bit. It's a game called That's Me. Uh, I've modified it in that you don't have to stand up when you yell, that's me. But I am still asking you to say, that's me, with a loud voice. Let's practice. That's me. All right, so I'm going to ask some questions, and if, you, if that applies to you, if you would answer that yes normally, instead of saying yes, you're going to say, that's me. So we've got a couple of baseline questions here just to make sure you all understand. Uh, the first, uh, I currently reside in Canada. Good, good. Nobody answered because you're not in Canada. You're in here. You're in Iowa. Uh, the second one, how many of you breathe oxygen? <clears throat> good. And if you didn't answer to that, I would love to know your secret. So, All right. So we can carry on. We know everybody understands. Uh, how many of you live in the Hawkeye State? Yes, how many of you live in the Cyclone State? <clears throat> All right, and we can arm wrestle if you dispute that later. So, how many of you like Kringla? That's me. Yes, how many of you like this Christmas tree here? Good. How many of you like the snow that's on the ground? Good. And how many of you are prone to mood swings and you feel like your emotional stability is on shifting sand these days? That's me. Yes, that's me. Uh, enter counseling session. No. Um, we have some honesty in here, but isn't that the truth? Aren't, isn't our culture just built upon shifting sand? It causes a lot of mood swings for me. Um, I know it does for many of you, too. And doesn't a whole lot of pain come with this? Not necessarily physical pain. There's other types of pain. But there's pain in a changing culture, right? Maybe it's just the rapidness of the change of our culture, or maybe it's the moral ethical changes in our culture that causes pain when you think about that. Maybe it's pain in health uncertainties in the midst of a pandemic. Maybe it's pain in not knowing how you're going to be employed or what your future looks like. Maybe it's pain in emotional health struggles and anxiety or addiction issues. Maybe it's pain in isolation. The list could go on and on, right? Like we are just a culture of pain, a culture of pain in so many different ways. And I'm not a trained counselor, but I happen to be somebody who struggles when I feel pain. I don't know if we're all wired that way. To some extent, I think we are. But for me, when I am in pain, something... It's just really hard for me to think about anything else. I struggle to think about anything but the pain. One little example of this. Um, I, I have a, a bad joint on the big toe of my right foot. And uh, I also happen to have very big feet. And you know that steps in our country are not built for the size 14 shoe. So what happens to my toes a lot? I jam them, I stub my toe, and it hurts really, really bad. And it takes weeks to heal every time that that happens. So, 
I am in that pain, and with every step, I'm reminded of that pain, and oftentimes that one nagging little pain will just get me down for days. It's just the reality of it. That's a physical thing. I also uh, have lower back that is tend to injuries. Dr. Ben knows all about my lower back. And every couple of months, it tightens up, and I might, you know, put on my shoe wrong uh, or close the dresser drawer wrong, and it'll just tweak. And then I'm in pain, and I spend days, if not weeks, getting that back to heal. It dampens the joy in my life. We have a lot of pains that we encounter in our lives, and we have to figure out how to deal with those pains, right? Some are lifelong pains, the pain of loss, the pain of fractured relationships, the pain that being in a sinful world brings. Some are seasonal pains, and most of our pains have nothing to do with our physical body, right? There's other stuff that hurts. There's other ways to be hurt. We have relational pains, spiritual pains. And the reality is that these things often steal our joy, don't they? But we're gathered here today because we trust in the one who gives hope, right? We have hope. The the pain that we experience today, even if it is one of those lifelong pains that's always going to be with us, we have hope. That even that is not permanent. There's hope in the one who saves. There's hope that this season will end. There's hope that we can experience a godly and a holy joy even in the midst of the pain and the suffering that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Every Advent, I love this week about joy. I love to read again and to hear again Mary's song because it is one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best examples of scripture of what living from a place of joy is when we are walking with Christ. So I'll read that again for you here. Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary was quite the historian and theologian on the faith, wasn't she? She probably grew up in a context in a family that went to the synagogue, that passed on the truth of God from generation to generation, just as they were instructed to do, instructed to do by Moses years and years ago in the desert. So Mary has this incredible picture of joy. And Mary's life was unique compared to ours in many different ways. She was chosen by God to bear the Son of God. Pretty unique, right? The answer to hundreds, thousands of years of the lives of God's people, the prayers of God's people. Mary was unwed, but she was engaged, meaning that this child would be much more challenging for her culturally, contextually, than it would be for for others of her day, because people would jump to their own conclusions on what was going on. Mary was visited by angels, and that made her afraid, and Joseph was afraid too, right? Mary is entrusted to carry the Messiah, 
the Savior in her very room. Talk about a serious endeavor. Pretty heavy stuff. But you wouldn't really call that a burden, would you? Because she doesn't seem to think it's a burden. I'm sure it wasn't easy for Mary. I'm sure it took her years to sort some of this out. But did she start lamenting about a burden when Elizabeth and her are having this conversation? No. She responds with joy. Something different fills her heart. Something that just drives away all the uncertainties and all the pain that might come. She embraces joy. She embraces this calling from God with a joyful heart. When the angel Gabriel told her what would come to pass, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary is somebody who has embraced the call that God has given her. She's embraced it. And one of the results of this embracing is an incredible depth of joy in her life. How do we do in our own lives when it comes to embracing that joy and embracing that calling? In a world of pain, how do we discover and continue to grow and root ourselves in our Heavenly Father's truth and promises? Mary certainly was rooted in the history of God's promises and the covenant. She was rooted there. How do we do that? In a season of pandemic and loss and isolation, how do we embrace what matters most? How do we embrace Jesus Christ and the call that he's put on our lives? How do we embody Mary's joy as we grow in our own faith in the same Messiah that grew in her womb? Embracing joy can take on many different forms. We're all unique individuals, right? Some more unique than others. (laughs) But there's like this comprehensive joy that can touch every single part of our lives. Body, mind, soul, spirit, every cell. That's the kind of joy we're talking about this morning. It's a big joy. It's a holy joy. It's a good through and through joy. I'm talking about embracing the joy through embracing the call that all of us are under as followers of Jesus Christ, if that's indeed who we are. There's a call to go and make disciples, right? I love our Old Testament text this morning. Um, which one was that again? That was from uh, Psalm 126. And it says, those who go out weeping, like there's some pain and there's some suffering maybe here, those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves or a harvest with them. It's a really cool picture of what God uses his church for. We have weeping, we have sorrow, But we faithfully answer this call uh, to the Great Commission and we come back with songs of joy and stories and a harvest, right? So that's part of our call. We have the call to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's a call that brings joy when we submit to that. We have the call to exude love in all things, even in conflict and disagreements. We have the call to be ready to share a reason for our hope in Jesus Christ. And if you've ever shared your faith and your hope in Christ with somebody, there's some joy in that, right? The call to be Christ, the body of Christ to a world around us. How are we doing with this? Because they go hand in hand. 
There's a tremendous amount of joy for us when we say, Lord, I am your servant. In 1 Thessalonians, in our reading today, the apostle gives us a great, great set of words to live by. If this is a reality that we want to embrace, he writes, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, and reject every kind of evil. Rejoice in all circumstances, always. Praying, always. Giving thanks, always, in all circumstances, even if they aren't good ones. Giving thanks for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Giving thanks for the many blessings in our lives, even in the midst of circumstances that aren't good, is a great recentering and a foundation for our faith. Test all things, right? Keep the good stuff and reject the evil. Get it out of your lives. These are all really good instructions for us to continue and to grow in our depth of joy as we follow Jesus Christ. And then there's a promise that comes along with this, right? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Who is the one who calls? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus is faithful, and he will do it. Jesus will do it. Jesus will fill you with joy in the midst of pain. Peace in the midst of chaos, and hope in the midst of hopelessness. Jesus is faithful, and he will do it. What an incredible promise that we're reminded of. It's a promise for every day of our lives, and it's a promise in this Advent season that falls in a unique time in our culture. If in any way today we lack joy, I think we can take a cue from Mary. Mary's joy was rooted in God's truth, in the story and the promises of her Father in heaven. Mary's joy was rooted in her willingness to say, Lord, I am your servant. She took on that call that the Lord had on her life. I think we can embrace these calls that God has put on our lives and on any who consider themselves a follower of Jesus, right? Following Jesus means we actually follow Jesus. We don't just say it. So my prayer for us is that we can respond with that same joy. We can get a taste of what Mary experienced and let that rich love, joy of God wash over us. And if this is a new idea for you, if you haven't thought of joy this way, that's fine. I think we need to remember that a life with Jesus is a life that produces joy. doesn't mean it's easy, but it produces joy. We recognize that our God is a God who loves to give good gifts to his children and all of creation. And what better gift is there than to experience the joy of salvation, right? And if you're just not feeling the joy right now, that's okay. That means you're human. But we know exactly what to ask for this Christmas, right? That God's love and presence in our lives that we reflect on in this season would grow an abundant joy in our hearts, a joy that could touch every cell in our bodies. 
And if we ask Jesus, he is faithful and he will do it, right? He's faithful and he will do it. He will carry out the promises that he has made to us. Lord, we are thankful that you are faithful. We're thankful that you are the great fulfiller of promises. And Lord, this joy that belongs to all who bow down at the manger, Lord, may that be our posture, the desire of our hearts, to bow down to the Savior of the world and the Savior of us, the giver of life, the healer, the giver of joy, the mender. Lord, you are so much. Lord, I pray that we would experience, feel, grow in that joy today, this Christmas season, as we continue and are challenged to embrace the call on our lives as followers of Jesus. Lord, help us to understand what that means and how to put one foot in front of the other in carrying that out and following you, Jesus. We thank you for the gift of joy. We hunger for your joy. And Lord, in asking these things, we believe you are faithful and you will do it. We lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen.